Amen is right. Thank you, Tara. Beautiful, beautiful. Third Sunday of Advent. Advent. That means we have one more Sunday before Christmas. You ready? Or not. That's right, Preston. Ready or not, it is here. It is so good to see each of you this morning. I hope you had a great week. And as I said earlier this morning, as we think of those Advent candles and this year, we think this year as we're doing it a little different and um, and, and thinking about the prophets and the angels and, and now the shepherds. Uh, have you ever heard the term, the greatest show on earth? Now, when you think of that, what comes to mind? Circus, Okay. Did any of you think of the 1957 movie, The Greatest Show on Earth? You've never seen the 1957? Oh, there's something for you to do this week, okay? So you didn't think of the movie. I know, I know most of you are thinking, I wasn't born then. Guys, I was. I was little. Yeah, yeah, they had sound too, Preston, yeah. <laughs> the greatest show on earth is a show about the Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey Circus. I don't think I got all that right, but 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 uh, and how the show must go on. And it was about the greatest show on earth, talking about how these circus, how they went by train went from city to city, and 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 for a lot of these small towns, it was the greatest show on earth. Now, for other people, and a lot of times when we, they think of the greatest show of earth, and, and, and now of days, they think of the Olympics. The greatest, think about it, the greatest show on earth, all the young athletes coming from all over, from all different countries, some, sometimes over 200 different countries, and again, we are seeing some of the finest athletes in the world, and some people have labeled that, which I can agree, the greatest show on earth. But I want to mention one more. I believe that when Jesus Christ was born in that manger, that was the greatest show on earth. Amen? And, you know, here's a perfect time of the year. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of excited because this year, you know, as you go out into town and you go into Fort Myers um, and, uh, and you go into that pagan land, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but uh, you know, as you go into that land, you know, I, I've had more people this year tell me Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. And I said, you know, wonderful. I was helping, uh, open the door for a lady going into a restaurant last night. And she said, thank you and Merry Christmas. And I said, Merry Christmas to you and your family. You know, and, 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 and I, I'm glad to hear that. Well, this morning, I, I want us to remember that in this greatest story that has ever been told, God became man to dwell among us. Now, you think about that. God became man to live with us, to dwell with us. If that's not the greatest show on earth, I don't know what is. And I want us to see, as we think about that this morning, from the shepherds and others, some lessons we can learn. So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And I'd like to begin reading in verse 8. 
In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped tightly in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Then the angel had left them and returned to heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what had happened, which the Lord had made known to us. They hurried off. They found both Mary and Joseph and the babe who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This morning, I want us to think of the lessons we can learn from the shepherds. Now, I don't know even how the shepherds were speaking by the time they got to Jesus Christ. Could you could imagine there they were out in the middle of the field and all of a sudden uh, 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 the heavenly host, the light, the angels come upon them and, and share with them. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I believe they were speechless when the angels came. I don't think they rose up their hand, they raised their hand and said, well, now we got questions. I think they were speechless. And when it was done, they, they realized something that they realized something had just taken place. But you know, what we find is that the shepherds were some of the first ones to see Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Have you ever gone through an old guest book maybe you had for a party or for an event or maybe even at a funeral? There's guest books for people to sign. And a lot of times you go back and you look at those lists and you see people and you say, man, I didn't see that one. I didn't see them. Just, you know, you kind of looked at names and said, man, I didn't know they, they were there. You know, I, I, I'm sorry I missed them and, and things like that. Can you imagine the guest book of baby Jesus? Some of the first names on the guest book of baby Jesus were the shepherds. Now, I'm, I'm sure, you know, years later, people would have looked at them, who are these guys? Did they come in to the, to the wrong event? But here were the shepherds, some of the first ones who, who had signed you, if there was a guest book to be signed, they were some of the first ones. These were guys that probably smelled like sheep. They couldn't bring expensive gifts. They didn't have the money to do it. Um, and, and, and people probably didn't know them. Uh, but we find that, you know, for the everyday people, this was important. Because that's why Jesus came. And so as we think about this, I, I'm sure, just think with me this morning. What if you were one of those shepherds? Do you think you would have some questions? You know, some of the questions we might have is, well, how many shepherds were they? 
Do they all go to Bethlehem or, or, did, they, or did some of them stay with the sheep? You know, uh, how many stables didn't they look in before they found the one with Jesus in it? And when they left Bethlehem, what happened to, to the shepherds? You know, those are some of the things we think of sometimes in our minds of trying to put place in order. But, you know, one of the first things that I want us to realize in the lesson of the shepherd this morning is that they heard the announcement. They heard the announcement. How important is it to hear the announcement? Well, you would say it depends on what the announcement was. Well, what if you're in a busy airport and there comes on an announcement? Delta You know, you go, I know that was an announcement, but I don't, it said Delta. Is that our flight? And so immediately you rush to the board to see if your flight maybe has been delayed or the gate is changed. Because you think, well, I better, I better pay attention. Because I've seen people come up to the gate at the last minute and say, oh, no, ma'am, you're, you're, you, you've been changed to another concourse and you got three minutes to get there. So in that sense, you knew it was important to listen to that announcement. But there's been times we just, what have we done to some of those announcements? Maybe not at the airport. Maybe we're somewhere else and there's an announcement and we just, you know, unless they call us by name, we don't listen to all those announcements, do we? But what about this announcement? This was a special announcement. Here were these shepherds tending their flock by night. Now, I don't know if they were all by the campfire. I don't know if they were stretched out sound asleep. I don't know if they were among the sheep. You know, I, I don't know all those things. But, but the, the Bible tells me that when the angel of the Lord came, they were scared. They were scared. Now... I'm not going to, well, there's some things that scare you, don't And I, I'm not going to ask you to, to tell me what, they, what those are. But, but you know, the, these shepherds, they didn't know if hmm, time, they, they didn't know if the end was near. Can you imagine? There they were sound asleep. There they were with their sheep. And, and, and they wouldn't, this was not even on their mind to think of possibilities that, that might take place. And the angel of the Lord appeared. They were terrified. But then they heard the announcement. You know, they, they were aware of the fact in the sense of their own life that they were sinful. And, 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 and they could have been thinking that they were getting ready to face the day of judgment. But here we find that God was speaking through the, the angels. Now, I, I still hear people tell me today, preacher, God doesn't speak in this world anymore. And I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Now, I know some people, I said, if you're waiting to hear a verbal voice, like an announcement, you're probably not going to hear that. But I believe there's some things we're forgetting. Would you agree with me that God still speaks through the living word of the Bible? Would you agree with that? I would. I believe God still speaks through the living word of what we call the Bible. That's why it's so important for us to read it daily. For us to read it on a regular basis. Why was it written? It was written 
for us. It was written to guide us, to lead us, to show us those things that got other people in trouble so that we wouldn't go down the same path. God is still speaking through his word. Let's not put aside thinking, well, this was written years ago. It is not relevant to the day. But look at it and see that it is still very relevant to the day. And God is speaking through his word. You look on instant media, there are many times people quote scripture or put scripture passages up on social media and people respond because that verse means something to them. God is still speaking to us. Let's not forget that. And that's why it's so important for us to pick up our Bibles. Now, I also want to say one more thing about God's word. We are fortunate that we live in a time and place. That God's word has been translated. There's men's Bibles, ladies' Bibles. There's translations that help us understand the word of God better. Now, I know some, you will always be in the King James. That's fine. If that speaks to you, King James it is. But you see, there's other translations out there. That can speak as well as the King James for people in, the, in our different age groups that we have today. And, and there's no excuse. And we need to see the importance of reading the word of God. We also need to see that God speaks through experiences of life. Would you agree with that? God speaks through experience of life. Sometimes, you know, we learn most about the things God does. But, you know, as we think about that. Our experiences, Kathy and I were talking this morning uh, for a few few moments, and as Preston said, today is our 40th wedding anniversary, and we were just kind of reflecting upon 40 years um, and and some of the water that has gone under and over and around the bridge, um, you know, and, and just thinking about that. But some of those things we kind of expected some of those things we did not expect but you know through that God spoke many times to us and I hope that you will see that but you know also I want you to see that God speaks through his Holy Spirit now I I, I know again people said well preacher I, I I want a clear voice well let me tell you the Holy Spirit can speak very loud the Holy Spirit of God can move in such a way The Holy Spirit of God can move and convict in such a way that there's no other no other way to explain it. But that God is near, you know, sometimes in our world today, we we get preoccupied. Do you you get preoccupied? Do you get distracted because of the busyness of life and 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 we're on the run a lot? I found this story. Now, I know some educators might have a problem with it, but let me read you this story. The story is told about a young child. He was having trouble keeping up in school. He worked really hard to keep up with others in his classroom, but because of his unique challenges, he kept failing behind. And as a result, his backpack was crammed full of homework every night. There was no let up. He, he no longer could play outside with his friends after school, but by the time he had made a swipe at his homework, it was time for him to go to bed. 
The parents consulted with the elementary school guidance counselor and decided that the son needed to be placed with a class of slower learners. It quickly became apparent that the right decision had been made, and the third grader got his childhood back, complete with after-school play, a more positive outlook, and grades that matched the front end of the alphabet. After a few weeks of asking his dad if he could play together after dinner, he grew weary of the same response. The dad would say, I'm sorry, buddy, but I have a briefcase full of work I have to do. One day, the son said to the dad, Dad, can't they just put you in a slower class too? You think about that. But, you know, we also need to maybe think about, are we, are you going to miss Christmas again this year because you're too busy? Because you hadn't heard the message? Are you going to miss it again because the message was preached or the message was announced, but you say, oh, yeah, I know that. But, you know, we need to see that God is still speaking today. God is still communicating today. And maybe because we are so busy or we have other priorities that we're missing out on the things that we need to do. Now, maybe we need to set some, some, some times so that we can get those things that truly are important done. Maybe we need to get up earlier to read God's word and pray. Maybe we need to skip the newspaper or the evening news and read your Bible instead. Maybe we need to block off Sundays and say it is for the church and family and that's it. Maybe we need to check our emails one or two or three times less during a day. Maybe we need to turn off the television and read a book instead of complaining I can't find anything to watch. You know, at the end of the day, sharing with the rest of the family where I saw God at work today. You see, some of those things we need to to realize of the importance of doing. We also need to see what the shepherds did in the sense that they took appropriate action. Look with me what they did after they saw what the Lord wanted them to do. You know, one of those shepherds... And again, I said this earlier. We don't know how many they were, what their age was. If all of them went to Bethlehem, if some stayed with the sheep. We don't know that. But we do know that the shepherds, it says, went to see Jesus. Let me see if I can tell you this story. And this is just a story. Imagine one of those shepherds who had been a youth on the first night And now he's become old. His grandson sits on his knee as he recalls. Long, long time ago when I was little, about your age, I was on the Judean hillside. And he goes on and tells this story about the night that the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds. And how they were fearful. But then the old man and the son was getting excited and said, what did you do? Because then the old man's lips ceased to move and there was silence. And then the lad turned and looked at his granddaddy and, 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 he, and he said, well, is that all? What? Tell me the rest. And he said, I, I don't know the rest because I didn't go to Bethlehem. 
I just stayed with the sheep. I wasn't interested. You know, we can get caught up in the hype of Christmas, but we also need to see, are we, are we doing what really matters? The shepherds had a job to do, and that was to go to Bethlehem and see what had happened and, 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 and see this child. The action was for them to go. Maybe they didn't completely understand it, but they knew they needed to go. Now, can you, have you ever been in a Baptist business meeting? If you're Baptist, you have. When we really don't want to do something, we have clever ways. We have clever ways. Because we're not going to just stand up and say, well, I don't want to do that because that make me look bad. But we might stand up to. I want to make a motion that that we postpone this to think about this more so we're not making a wrong decision. You know, we'll come up with excuses, you know, and, and but the shepherds went. They heard the message and they went. Now, do you think when the shepherds saw Jesus, that was a life changing event for them? The scripture even said that when they left there, they were full of joy. There, there were things going on in their life. And there was something that was different. You see, when the Lord speaks to us, and, and, and He does so with desire to get us moving in the direction He wants us to go. Some of the people that have gone on a mission trip sometimes come back, and they, they're honest, and they said, you know... They, they, they would share how, well, I saw everybody else, and I knew I needed to go, but I really didn't want to go. But boy, when I got there, everything changed. The Spirit of the Lord got a hold of me, and, and I am so glad I didn't miss that opportunity. Guys, the, I, I want us to see that God is still speaking to people today. And we're missing so many opportunities. We're we're missing out because we're thinking, well, you know, people might think I'm a little crazy. Well, probably they already do. You know, they they think, well, I'm a little crazy. But, you know, sometimes we're afraid of what others will say if, you know, we, we do what God wants us to. Or we're afraid that God has told us might not work. And so, you know, we don't want to embarrass God. So, you know, or maybe I didn't understand it right. So I, I just won't get, I just won't do anything. Or, or we get sidetracked. And, and, but, you know, God is still speaking today. And God wants us to move. And, and God is telling us. And sometimes it means change. To change. And to what God wants us to do. I also want us to see that maybe he, he's calling us to turn away from something we know is wrong in our lives. But we hold on to that because we have allowed that to take control of us. You know, maybe, we, maybe he's calling us to, to mend a relationship. But you see, what God is doing through his son is that... He wants us to come to his son. He wants us to come to Christ. He, he wants us to proceed to him. And, 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 our, and God is sharing with us. And are we willing to go 
Maybe he's calling us to stop living in the past and start living for today. Maybe he's calling us to do some bold action. Are we willing? Shepherds were called to go and see the son of Jesus in Bethlehem. In that day, that was bold, but they went. But also we find in Scripture there in verse 20 of chapter 2, we find there in verse 20, it says, The shepherds returning, glorifying, praising God for all the things they have seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. They celebrated with joy. They celebrated with joy. You see, unless we're willing to go to what God wants us to do and experience Jesus Christ, we will never celebrate with the true joy that we have or can have and experience. You see, their hearts were changed. Their whole life perspective was changed. And God can do that. And Jesus can do that. Are we willing for our heart to be changed? And oh, what a celebration that can be. You see, the shepherds never forgot this. Their lives were changed forever. You see, we experience events in our lives that change us. And God is saying, look to me. Because sometimes you don't know what the next chapter might be. But you know what? God does. He knows that next chapter. And sometimes that next chapter is scary to us. But God knows. I shared a little article this week. I don't know if how many people read it. Sometimes when you put things out there, uh, I wonder. But uh, uh, you read it. Um, entitled, A New Chapter. I shared with you that last Monday, First Baptist Church, Bozer City, Half of their campus was destroyed by fire. And that touches me because it it reminds me of some events in my life. Because I know that that fire and that, that destroying half of their campus will change that church forever. The fire chief there said it was the worst fire he had seen in 25 years. The fire that took place there on Monday. This church now has to make decisions of rebuilding or, and, and going through all the processes. Just imagine. Things won't be the same. Sunday school rooms won't be the same. Ladies' cushions on the chair won't be there no more. Wall plaques that have been up for 20, 30 years are gone. The new rooms, when they're built, will be new. Maybe a different size, a different shape. Say, oh, preacher, that doesn't matter. (laughs) It changes things. Remember, as a child in 1965, there was a hurricane named Betsy. Came through New Orleans. Yes, if Preston was here. Yes, Preston, I was alive then. And in 1965, Hurricane Betsy came through New Orleans. And the church that I was attending as a child, it put four feet of water in that church. Well, we got over it. They repaired it. But at that time, the church was running about 300 people, which was the highest attendance that church had ever experienced. But after that hurricane, it was barely 
100 people coming. It just devastated the area. It devastated people. And people left the church. And then in 2005, I believe, there was a hurricane named Katrina. And it came through that same area and also my home church and completely destroyed it. The neighborhood, the town, everything. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people left the area. Said, we're not coming back. Churches couldn't, if they could rebuild, couldn't function because their people and their members were moving to to different places. And so another church in the Metairie area was given the old church that was nothing there, basically the land. And they put up this bubble building, which a lot of people kind of laughed at. And the old people that were still there that were members of the former church resented it. How could they put something like that in the place where we had church? Oh, there was resentment. There was hard feelings. But then that new church started doing things. And it wasn't the same way it was before. They started doing contemporary worship. They, they preached different. They, they, they did everything different. And at first there were some that were working around and wasn't happy at all. And then new people started coming to that church. People who lived in that area who never entered that church before. Black people started coming to that church. And they had never entered that door before. That new church started reaching people that the old church had never, never, never reached. You know, sometimes in that new chapter, they're not always like the past. But you know, the new can be good. And this new church is reaching people in a different fashion. But when I was looking at their directory of the people there, I saw a mosaic of different faces and colors. And you know what? It was pleasing. And I thought to myself, that would have never happened In the old church. But now it's happening in the new. There's new chapters. Oh, they're scary sometimes. Think, oh, how that's going to be. But let God work. I believe this church in Bozer City, they will experience a new chapter in their life, in the life of their church. What about us? Are we willing to experience a new chapter in our lives? I know. Preacher, just do it like we've always done it. Don't rock the boat. We'll be fine. But you know, a new chapter is not. Well, what was God doing on the day that Jesus Christ came to earth? Maybe that was a new chapter. Bringing it real. Bringing God to earth. A new chapter. Did everybody at first get on board with that new chapter? No. You see... What came out of the birth of Jesus Christ. God became man. Man was was able to experience God firsthand. And see the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in that. That was a great present. Let's pray. Father Lord I just love you. And Lord I thank you for. 
this opportunity this morning. And, and Lord, I just pray that just like the shepherds. As they experience a new chapter in their life. By coming and meeting you. Something that they probably thought was never possible for them. But Lord, it was. Lord, I just thank you. That sometimes when we think we cannot experience something like that, we can. And sometimes, Lord, when we're experiencing it, we're, we're worried and we're upset. But, Lord, may we look with eyes that will show us the clear picture and show us that you, once again, are working. Lord, I just thank you. And Lord, I pray today that we would see, just as the shepherds, we would be excited, we would listen to the message, and Lord, share that with others. Lord, I ask this in your son's name.